Today we're going to be looking at Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter, the seventh through the eleventh verse. Just hang on to that verse for a few minutes. I know that you've heard the, that uh, heard of Paul's epistle to the Philippian believers on no, numerous occasions before before and found uh, by doing so that this particular epistle was come to known over the years as the epistle of, of Christian joy. I believe that the reason that 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 it will be evident, I can't hardly read this morning, as you study the four chapters, particularly the book in the Bible of Philippians, uh, he still used the word joy six times uh, in the, in Philippians and nine times uh, in the chapter four. Excuse me. And uh, there's a great deal about this apostle Paul and the wonderful relationship that he had with the Philippian believers. But with Christ himself, he just wanted to be closer to Christ, even though he had... Uh, he has in prison at this point in his life, and even though he w- it was tough as he was going to never know if he would live or die, Paul still spoke of the joy of the Lord. If y'all are wondering why I'm going back and forth, I can't hardly read through these glasses. Drive me nuts. I recently got those glasses, and it drives me nuts because I keep wandering around. However, as close as Paul was to the Lord, he still had a desire to develop a closer relationship with Christ. And uh, what, and his example of doing so is we're going to look in this Bible today of what's going on with Paul. Paul had a wonderful relationship. He loved the Lord in such a way he was willing to give his life no matter what the situation was. And he was crazy about, if you will, about the Philippian church. He wanted them to understand about Christ and who he truly was in everything that he done. He was in prison at this particular time when he wrote this epistle. And you can imagine, even though he was writing in Philippians through the whole entire book of Philippians, he was in prison, but yet he had joy. Now, I don't know about y'all. How many, how many had joy... During the COVID twenty twenty, when you were locked up in your house and you couldn't go anywhere, okay, Paul was in prison. He could not go anywhere. He was wondering if he was going to live or die. He was wondering if they were going to uh, what they were going to kill him, and uh, he was so close and to the Lord, but yet he still had a desire for a closer relationship to uh, for Christ. I believe that these verses will reveal a great passion of the Apostle Paul and who he really was and how much he really wanted to know the Lord. If you will, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Philippians, if you can, stand. Uh, Third chapter of Philippians 7 through 11. Philippians 
behind bars and he has been prison. He has been persecuted for sharing and preaching the word of God. But he says, I don't care what the situation is. God still loves me for who I am. And I'm still going to praise him no matter what situation I'm in. And everything that I've already done, I'm just counting it as lost. Because I have the greatest thing. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. And says that I may know him. Or excuse me, look in, the, look in verse 9. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. He's saying, you know, if you go back in Romans, uh, Paul was talking about who he was. Hey, I was uh, taught under Galileus. I, 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 I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was the, uh, the highest on the totem pole. I've learned all these things. I've been taught by man. But what I realized, no matter what the law is, it's nothing without the grace of God. That's what he's telling them. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And this is our verse. Look at this verse. It's so awesome. The 10th verse, it says, That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. I pray that you'll give us understanding. I pray that you'll give us direction. But most of all, I, tell, I pray that anyone understand my voice today that don't know you, that they'll come to know you and have a true personal relationship with you. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Paul, of all that he's done, today I want to focus on the first five words of the of verse ten. And while doing so, I want to each, each ask you a question: Do you really know the Lord? Look what Paul said in verse ten. I want you to look at it. That I may know Him. Now, Paul, in everything that he done, he knew the Lord. It was evident in everything that he done that he knew the Lord. But even though he knew the Lord, he still had such a desire to truly know who he was. Today, I want to focus on those words. In reading a little about history behind the hymns of the church, that we often sing and while doing so I discovered that Eliza Emmons Hewitt was an invalid for an extended period of her life. But one of those dark, dark days of her life, she developed a very intimate relationship with the Lord. Because of her great desire to share with others just how wonderful the Lord has been to her, she would offer, often express her feelings in poems. In fact, many of her poems were put to music, such as the, There is Sunshine in My Soul Today, or When We All Get to Heaven. Miss Hewitt had put a, a music to a song, More About Jesus, is based on verse 10 of Philippians 3. More about Jesus, more about Jesus would I know, of his grace to others show, more of his serving, uh, saving fullness see. 
because of his love and grace for me. You see, even through Miss Hughes, the knew the Lord in salvation. She wanted to know the Lord more. She wanted to walk closer with the one who loved her enough to save her soul from hell. These verses before us this morning, I believe, is the Apostle Paul tells us that the great passion of his life was to know more about Jesus. His prayer in the first first five words of verse 10 was more than a theological and intellectual knowledge. Paul sought an experimental knowledge of the Lord. What do I mean by experimental? That is to say that Paul wanted to know the Lord in a very personal. Paul wanted to walk the way the Lord walked. He wanted to talk the way the Lord talked. He wanted to the word Christian to mean something in his life because Paul wanted to be like Christ. And if Paul is to be more like Christ, it would be because he had come to know the Lord in a more intimate and personal way. There are believers that have met Christ, but not all believers today really know Christ. All believers may know about Christ, but yet they may not know him as close intimate and in a personal relationship like Paul did. Paul said, even though I know him, even though I've done through all these things, and he's led me this far, I still want to know him more. Like I said the uh, last Sunday, that good friend of mine wrote that song, and I'll introduce you to this friend of mine. His name is Jesus. He's with us all the time. I know you'll love him, like him, and love him like I do. Wait a minute, I'll introduce my Lord to you. Paul was that way. He wanted everybody to know. Because uh, to know the Lord in the way that Paul wanted you to do, wanted to know the Lord was to live in a victorious and, and the power of his resurrection. Look what it says. It says in, the, in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul not only wanted to know the power of the Lord's resurrection, but he also wanted to know the fellowship of, of Christ's sufferings. And the word fellowship implies the idea of joint participation. Paul was simply saying, if it means that I have to suffer for the cause of Christ in order to develop a closer relationship with the Lord, so be it. Paul wanted to know a fellowship of the Lord's suffering, and you'll find in studying the life of the Apostle Paul, Paul most certainly did. And he did suffer. Everything that he done, there's so many times that you see him in the writings of Paul. He was either in prison or he was on the run. He was going from place to place. He was constantly being a, uh, uh, cast out of places for preaching the word of God. As we saw last week, he was uh, ridiculed for preaching about the resurrection where they, they said, hold on just a second. Who is this Jesus you're talking about, the unknown God as we were looking at? Who is this unknown God that you're talking about? And what about the resurrection? What, what is a resurrection? See, they, they've never seen anything. Jesus was the first, and he said he was the first of the many resurrections. He talked about the forecoming of, of the second coming of Christ. And you remember, or, or excuse me, when he was crucified, you remember in the book of Matthew where the people uh, rose up out of the ground and went into the city and, and ministered and, and talked to many. 
So he was the first of the resurrection. When Paul started talking about that, they were they started ridiculing him. And then Paul later on, as you see in verse 10, it says, Then Paul said at a, at a later portion in verse 10, I am willing to be made com conformable to his death. If it means a, a more personal relationship with the Lord. The Lord com, uh, conform, the word conform means to bring to the same form with some other person. The death that Paul was referring to in verse 10 was the death of Christ. A death that, that exemplifies total selflessness. What a statement then. Paul was saying, I don't want to, my life to revolve around me. I want my life to revolve around him and everything that he done. George and uh, Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, I am, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That I might know his sufferings. Do you remember, do you remember, uh, it was Peter and John in the book of Acts. Can't tell you what chapter it was. But as they were, after they were uh, cast out of, uh, I can't remember where they were, but anyway, their remark was that, that I would be counted. If, if I gave my life for Christ, I would be counted as a, as a martyr or whatever, but not because of me, because of what Christ done through me. Paul was saying, no matter what I've done, I don't want you to recognize me for who I am. I want you to recognize Jesus for what he had done through me. George Mueller was once asked the secret of a great life that he lived for God. He replied by saying, there was a day when I died. Died to George Mueller, his opinions, his preferences, his taste and his will. Died to the world, to his approval. Died to the approval or disapproval of even my brethren or friends. And since then I have studied to show myself approved unto God. I said, Paul was saying, sometimes you have to die to self. That selflessness, Jesus gave his son on the cross of Calvary that we might have eternal life. John 3.16 as we were studying this morning. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that was what Paul was saying. Paul could put his name in there. Jesus died because of me. Paul. And because of what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary I'm going to share my word uh, with others that they might see him through me. I can tell you this morning, if we know Christ, as Paul longed to know Christ, there must be an in, a, uh, and there must be an enthronement of the Savior and a dethronement of self. And that well, what that means is we need to uh, to get off our high horse, if you will, <laughs> get down off of that soapbox and let the Lord shine. And sometimes. We see ourselves in that situation where we, we, we get caught up in our heads, get real big. You know, we, we're the ones. 
that everybody's focusing on. When Paul was saying, don't look at what I've done. Look at what Christ has done. Let me tell you, child of God, this thing of serving God doesn't revolve around you. It revolves around the Lord. The sooner you understand that, the sooner you quit throwing the towel in every Monday morning when it comes to living for the Lord. So what? You didn't get recognition for the men for what you deserve. So what if it seems like men don't appreciate you for the way you think or, or the, what you do? I want you to understand that Paul said it doesn't matter what people think of me. It matters what God thinks of me. Y'all are too quiet. Like I said, I come from the Assembly of God. We're in the world where I don't see nobody jumping and running. So, I mean, you know, so I don't know. Glory. Woo, I can't help it. I'm telling you. I just can't imagine from Paul's perspective when I was thinking of this. Being behind bars but have the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. That I might be able to be counted as one of God's servants. That I may be able to give my life and somebody understand that because I gave my life, because of who Christ was, my life was nothing. That's what Paul, that's what Paul was saying my life is nothing. If you don't get anything and don't understand who Christ is, then my life was for nothing. It shouldn't matter whether the man recognizes you or what your name is. It should matter what your, whether Christ knows your name because <laughs> if you really have a desire to know the Lord, then it will be in your heart to desire to show others who Christ is. Paul was saying this thing about serving God, it's not about who you are. It's about the Lord and knowing the Lord and developing a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to tell you this morning that if you have a, a desire to know the the Lord as Paul had a desire to know the Lord. The only thing is going to matter is whether or not God is going to get all the glory. Let me ask you something today. Seriously. Do you really know the Lord? In an intimate and personal relationship. Understanding truly who he is. Understanding the call of God. There's so many times that I, my wife can vouch for it when I filled in for preaching. There's so many times that I would get ready to have the sermon and God would give me a sermon. And I didn't want to go present it. <laughs> I remember one church and I ain't about to tell you where it was. I ain't about to tell you where it was. I remember one church. They called me for two Sundays because the pastor had sat down, stepped down. And uh, I went in there and the Lord gave me the sermon. I remember distinctly where it was. It was in Second Chronicles. It's Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people shall be called by my name, humble themselves and seek and pray and turn, their face to, uh, uh, turn from their wicked ways and turn their face toward the Lord, then will I heal Hear their prayers and I will heal their land. Going down in the scripture, 
It says, paraphrasing, if you don't do what I tell you to do and you don't seek my face and you don't pray, those that will come by will see and know that you refuse to believe in God for who he is. And I will use you as an example. Okay? I preached that to the church. And I never will forget it. One woman stood over here through my whole sermon and stood and said, No! 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 Let me tell you something. I told him. She came out for it. I told him. I said, You don't have to worry about it. You didn't have to have an air conditioner. It was cold when we got here. Because the Lord had already left the place. And they were doing it all by their own thing. You can't do that. Paul was saying, you have to be in the direction of the Holy Spirit. You have to be understanding. And sometimes when God calls you to do things, when God calls you to do things, I didn't want to deliver that because I delivered that sermon and then I had, at the end of the sermon, then I had to tell him I had to come back next week. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Needless to say, I didn't get a handshake when I was at the door. <laughs> Paul was saying, if it's just because of me, I ain't nothing. And I told them, and the Lord gave me another sermon at another place, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just here to lead. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you about what the the Lord laid upon my heart. And Paul was saying, I want you to understand, do you really know the Lord? I realize that there are people here this morning that have been saved longer than I've been alive. However, I want you to know that it's possible to know the Lord in salvation and not know the Lord in surrender. Are you hearing me? Can I get an amen? Amen. I just want to see if y'all are still awake out there. Okay? <laughs> just jump in there. Paul was one of the greatest men that had ever lived of, and had ever been born of a woman and, and not even had a desire to, and, and, and yet even he had a desire to know the Lord. And he wanted to, to know the Lord. He says, that tells me that it's possible to be saved and on your way to heaven and still not really know the Lord the way you want to know him and, know a, and have a personal intimate relationship and surrender to him. And this is a song, all to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me Jesus, take me now. I surrender all, I surrender all. Make me Savior, I, all to Jesus I surrender, make me Savior, holy thine. Let me feel the Holy Spirit, Spirit. truly know that thou art mine. Paul was saying you can have a personal relationship. You really can know the Lord in such an intimate way. And he said, even though I know the Lord, and even though I'm persecuted, and even though I'm in prison, I can still know him in a personal way. But I even want to know him a little more. Now, me and my wife's been married 33 years. Y'all <laughs> think I would be in it. Y'all something. If I didn't remember that day, 33 years. But you know, I love my wife to 
not know her. I knew her, but I didn't know her. And now it's scary because when she goes out for this, I can pick up the phone, she's already on the phone. I didn't even hear it ring. She's on the phone. I said, hello? And I hear her voice on me. I said, I didn't even hear it ring. And she said, because I picked up the phone to call you. And you were already on there. That's scary when you start, and, and we finish people in each other's sentences before, when you get to that point. Why? Because we've been around each other, and we've had personal relationships, and we have an intimate relationship. We think the same in a perspective. And Paul says, I want to know Jesus in such a way that I think the way he thinks. That I understand uh, the the surrender that I need to, to to that I need to tell myself that it's not about me. It's about what the Lord wants. It's not about you know. I I heard the joke one Sunday morning. I never will forget. A guy told me that he woke up one Sunday morning, just looked over his wife. I don't want to go to church today. And she looked at him and said, "Well, honey, you might not think because you're the pastor." <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes you have to say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know, I want to have a desire to see those people saved, even though they get on my nerves so bad when they when they ask me about problems that I can't I can't explain. Well, why did this happen? Or why did that happen? Or why what is this? Do you understand this in the Bible? Well, I'm I'm gonna be the first one to tell you, no. Every single day I'm still learning just like you are. But we have to see him. We have to seek him. We have to understand and say, God, what I want a closer relationship with you. I want you, I want to think the way you think. I want to know that that, that when you tell me to go, I, I, I won't question about it. I'll just start stepping and say, Lord, I know you're gonna direct me. You told me that you were gonna direct me, so you gotta tell me which way to go. When I get down to this wide, do I go left or right? see a need in somebody else's life that I can touch that person and, and tell them it's going to be alright. Do you have a close personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or are you one of those folks that say either uh, say either with their lips or with their lives, well if, if, I, if I just make it to heaven that'll be alright, I'm interested I'm, in, I'm interested in it well, well friend I can assure you with that kind of uh, attitude, you'll never know the Lord's way of thinking. Paul wanted to know the Lord. Paul wanted to say that I may know him. I don't want to settle for an average run-of-the-mill Christian life. I want to know the Lord in such a meaning and know him. I want to know him uh, since a I want to know the way he walks. I want to know the way he talks. I want him to give my mindset. What did he say in Romans 12.1? I beseech you, brother, by the mercy seat of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto his reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, what? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may know what that is perfect and loving will of God is. Paul said that I may know him. 
When people listen to me preach, I want them to hear Christ. And Paul said, if that's ever going to happen, I'm going to have to know Christ. I'm going to have to know what his heart's desire. I'm going to have to know what the overwhelming passion. I'm going to know what to have to know what to pray for. Have you ever been to that point where you don't know what to pray for? Where you God just tells you it's time to pray? And you go following your face and you say, Lord, why am I here? I feel something. I know there's somebody that I'm that I'm going to come come in contact with. Today, I just feel that, that I'm coming con in contact today, and I want it to be vital. I want it to be a vital part of my life that I know that when it comes that time and I meet that person, that I won't uh, uh, let you down, that that will be an opportunity. Let me tell you something, people. There is no coincidences in life. Can I get an amen? I want to get an amen on that one. Can I hear it? There's no coincidences in life. If, they, if God puts you somewhere they're there, you're there for a purpose. It may be for nothing more than, than to grow where you are. It may be for that person that you don't know that you're going to be able to talk to them again after this time. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. My niece, her husband, 25 years old. Been on the road all day. He wanted to sit. I want to see my kids. They were having some difficulty. want to see my kids. Who went over and saw them. I'll be back at 8 o'clock in the morning to pick you up. We're going to spend the day together. He went a mile and a half over the hill and was killed instantly on his motorcycle. No questions asked. Head on collision. Gone. Swift out. 25 years old. He had all intentions of being able to come back and spend time with that person. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, you ain't guaranteed the second that you walk out that door. God didn't promise you tomorrow. Look at Brother Andy. He's, he's going through some terrible times. He's going through some situations that you need to build him up. You need to be lifting him up in your prayers and holding him. Holding him up in your prayers. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I want you to look at something real quick. I'm trying to hurry. Lord. I believe there are three things that the Bible as a whole teaches us about really knowing Christ. Number one, there is a call to really knowing Christ. I believe with all my heart that, that in the very that from every verse, very first verse in the Bible, God is calling to the believer, know me more. Get to know me better. Get saved, yes. Turn Christ, uh, trust Christ, yes. That's the most important decision that you'll ever make in your lifetime. In fact, in fact, I think, however, after getting saved, you truly need to know the Lord. After you trust Christ as your Savior, begin to grow in the things of the Lord by getting to know Him better. 
And I believe that there is a call to really know in Christ in the Bible. I believe that one of the things that persuaded Paul to write these words, that I may know him in verse 10, was the fact that he knew as much as they had uh, then of the Bible, that even in the Old Testament, in his Psalms and Proverbs, in the historical books, even in the Pentateuch, there was a call that Paul simply couldn't get away from, and that the call was to really know the Lord. And as Paul, having read and studied the Bible, had developed a hunger and a, and a heed to his call, let me ask you today, Christian, do you have that hunger? Do you have that hunger to, to, to really know the Lord? There is a call to really know in Christ. Number two, there is a cost to knowing Christ. Uh, you'll never know Christ the way Paul spoke of knowing Christ in the text without it costing you something. It'll cost you some of your time. But do you want to know uh, what it takes to build a personal relationship? It takes a lot of time. And it's sad to say, but time is something that a very few children of God are willing to give to the Lord today. I remember when I uh, was in high school, the Lord was calling me to preach when I was 17, and I didn't do it. I wanted to go with the new crowd. You understand what I'm saying? I, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be that person that was an outcast. You know what I mean? Then the Lord just really, really brought it down hard on me to really know the Lord. Still didn't train to preach. But I started standing up for things that I knew wasn't right. You know what happens when you stand up for things that you know ain't right? You start losing friends. You start losing people. They'll walk away from you. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Paul was saying, you know what it cost me? the run. You know what it cost me? It cost me imprisonment. And eventually it did cost Paul his life. And you think it cost something. But more than anything, it cost time. Because knowing Christ and knowing the Lord, time is precious. Because as I just said earlier, you don't know how much you have of it. It'll cost you some effort. Some effort to know his word. Some effort to call his name in prayer. Some effort to get busy in the ministry of, his, of this church. You need only to develop a closer and more personal relationship with the Lord by spending time with the Lord. It'll cost you something to know Christ. Luke 14, 26. And Jesus said this well. If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and brethren and his sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Do you hear me? This is Jesus' words. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, 
and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to, to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that it beheld it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king goeth to, to war maketh against another king, and sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else why, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace? So likewise, whatsoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all, that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. It's going to cost you something. Are you hearing me? You see, to really know Christ is going uh, is going to cost you something. You can't walk hand in hand with the world and really know Christ. You can't say in your heart, I live for the world Monday through Saturday, and I live for God on Sunday, and accept and, and expect to know Christ. There is not only a call to know Christ in the Bible, there is most definitely a cost of knowing Christ. And finally this morning, there is consequences for knowing Christ. Consequences for knowing Christ. Remember where, where Paul was when he penned these words before us this morning. He was in prison not knowing if he was going to deliver or die. However, in spite of that, he still said in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And that's how I know that Paul knew the Lord. It is evident in his daily walk with God. Paul was able to rejoice in spite of the difficulty. He was able to sing when according to the circumstances, he had nothing to sing about. That, my friend, is the consequences of knowing Christ. Not only did he rejoice in spite of difficult, but he also had peace in spite of problems. Notice in verse uh, 6 and 7 of chapter 4, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall be in your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I want to tell you a story real quick. Preached a woman's funeral. And she was dying of cancer. She asked us to come and talk to her. And she had all her arrangements made. And I mean, Lord, she just, she had them, I, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. She had that peace on She was just so happy. She'd been struggling with cancer for over 10 years. is all understanding. She says, I know that my family will be alright from this point, but I know it's going to be difficult for some of them. And I'm praying for peace. And she had that peace. Paul not only knew what prison was like, he knew that, that it was like an experience, it was like, like to experience peace inside of a prison. The, the peace that passes all understanding, that the consequences of, of, that's the consequences of knowing Christ. 
Paul rejoiced in spite of difficulty. He had a peace in spite of problems. And finally, Paul experienced strength in spite of his weakness. That's why Paul was in prison. He said in verse 13, I can do all things in, in chapter 4 of Philippians. Uh, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. That's my wife's verse, if y'all want to know that. I got kind of agitated, I'm telling you. When we got married, I knew the Lord was strong, still calling me to preach. And I wouldn't surrender to the Lord. I think I was 30 before I surrendered to the Lord to preach. So many times. And, and she can tell her, she can vouch for it too with her dad, same thing. When her dad was being called to preach. And, and I'd get frustrated because I knew the Lord was calling her. Why do you have to use that verse? Can't you find anything else? Got to be some other verse. There's, think of it, 66 books in the Bible, and you got to use that same verse. You know why? Because the Lord was convicting me, they calling me, and letting me know that I needed to surrender all. Can I ask you in closing today, do you know that kind of strength? Do you know that the, the kind of joy that Paul was to, do you know the kind of peace that Paul was talking about? Do you endure, enjoy your Christian life or do you, do you have to endure and endure it? Could it be that you really don't know the Lord in the way that Paul wanted to know the Lord? Paul wanted an intimate relationship with the Lord in such a way that people could see the difference even more than they saw it. sing a song because of time but it's talking about Paul's ministry. I counted on I counted on Adam. I counted on Cain. I counted on Jonah but he was the same. I counted on Judas but he proved untrue. So go tell the world Paul. I counted on you. What is Paul? I want you to think. Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible. What if Paul would have said, Lord, I can't, uh, this ain't me. No, you, you got to eat somebody else. This can't, this ain't going to work. But he didn't. He said, Lord, I surrender all. I'm giving it all to you. I want you to stand if you would, please. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you've done. I pray that you just be with us today and everything might be said and done in accordance to your will. Be with our uh, imitational time, dear God. I pray that you'll just give us direction and let us uh, understand you. That there might be someone under the sound of my voice that don't know you today, that they'll come to know you as their personal Savior. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.